when you hear a new story about a murderer it is usually accompanied by a specific motive for the crime the murder can range from revenge or can be done in the heat of a moment or a desire for fame if we consider serial killers the motives are often more complex and the crimes are typically spread out over a specific period but what if the serial killer strikes 3 times in a single afternoon in 2012 the republic of rwanda faced several challenges as a developing nation one such issue was a new killer roaming the streets of kigali the capital of rwanda who was murdering prostitutes without blinking an eye with no proper resources and deteriorating media attention the case of kigali reaper became a legend among the people of rwanda and still won the answer to the question who was the kigali reaper My name is Dhanvi and this is Shades of Macabre where we are on a lookout for finding the most horrifying murder case. This week we try to look at the case of the Kigali Reaper and understand the killer and its victims by diving into the specifics and theories. After the 1994 genocide where the country lost 800,000 people in just 100 days, Rwanda has made significant progress. and is now one of the fastest growing countries in Africa but as it is a developing nation there are matters which can divert people's attention and make them fearful for their future prostitution is a sought out profession in the country due to poverty as many women resort to it as a means of daily income the spread of hiv and aids in african countries is alarmingly high and rwanda is the only country which has been able to take adequate measures to reduce the spread of the virus amongst its citizens but it still exists within the country prostitution plays a major role in spreading the virus amongst other people even if the country has deemed the profession illegal it does not stop people from opting for this service according to a 2010 national survey the prevalence of hiv among female commercial sex workers is 51% as opposed to 3% as mentioned in the survey this is an important point to consider as the spread of the virus could have played a huge role in claiming 15 lives of prostitutes in the city of kigali these lives were not taken due to natural causes but by a serial killer who roamed the streets of kigali and murdered its victims day by day The killer got so arrogant that he decided to claim the lives of three women in a single afternoon. The same killer whose identity is still unknown to many. In July 2012, in the city of Kigali, the police found three female bodies strangled to death in the streets in broad daylight. Despite the crime taking place in daylight, the police failed to find any leads or connections. between the three victims other than their profession and they could not find a link which could establish them with previous cases they would get their next break in the case when the killer struck the city again 
in August 2012, one month after three bodies were found, another 12 deaths occurred in the city. The perpetrator had targeted exclusively prostitutes as all the victims were of the same profession. The bodies that were found in August were also strangled to death. Some were mutilated and even had their eyes gouged out. With the death toll rising at an alarming rate in just 2 months, the police officially declared that they had a serial killer on their hands and announced a new special team to capture the killer. Because of the rising fear amongst the citizens, the police started patrolling the areas, especially where previous murders happened, but all their efforts were in vain. On 28th August, Kigali witnessed its worst day since the beginning of this ruthless rampage. In the afternoon, at Yamabue cell, Gatsata, three women were mercilessly killed in their house. Victims named Cynthia, Westine, and Alphonsine were killed in a house by two men, a man with a dark brown skin tone and another one in his early 30s. When Cynthia and Westine brought the two men home, They were excited and had a smile on their faces, indicating that they were not fearful and thought that they were safe. The two men, however, had a calm and composed vibe with stoic faces. The dark men left the house and noticed a pregnant woman named Alphonsine who was cleaning her shoes and asked her to join them inside. Alphonsine was not in the same industry anymore. She had long left that world. and decided to find another career path maybe in fear of losing her life like the previous victims but that led to no gain a fourth woman named yakulj was asked to bring matchsticks not sure what reason for though but rather than complying with the demand she decided to run and hide and try to see things happening inside the house from far away in the article written by george lugo for focus rw it was mentioned that yakulj hid and saw things happening inside the house but i don't have information on whether she was taken for questioning or whether they asked her to identify the suspects who might be involved in the murders the article also mentioned that the neighbors had to force their way inside the house once they realized that the two men had left the property so now i have a few questions How did the two men manage to lock the door of the house once they left? Considering that the men killed the three women, the victims would have been in no condition to lock the doors. To save themselves, they would have tried to leave the house rather than lock themselves in. How did they leave the house if the main door was locked? There was no mention of a back door, so they might have left via a window or some other way. did the neighbors see them leaving or they just assumed that the two men left and should check on the women due to the rising murder cases i don't know even if we don't have answer to these questions it was clear that the neighbors were the one who forced their way inside the house and found the three bodies of the women during a police press conference superintendent theo's badge mentioned rwanda's national police was well aware of the mysterious incidents and were taking multiple measures to bring justice to every single victim he also said quote rwanda's national police takes this as a serious case 
and a special team has been appointed to investigate these incidents thoroughly and produce the findings as soon as possible unquote and this wasn't the end of things on 28th august another victim named clementine was found dead in her house however this time the killer had left a macabre message engraved on her stomach that said quote i will stop once i have killed a hundred prostitutes unquote witnesses at the scene confirmed the presence of the horrifying message which rapidly spread across kigali adding to the terror and panic amongst the citizens according to the report by the rwanda focus a witness came forward and claimed that the carving on her stomach looked like the murderer had used a separate knife to do it which might indicate that he had premeditated this crime the article also interviewed a sex worker named flora who was friends with clementine and was the first one to discover her body and revealed that she initially believed that clementine was just asleep she also added that from what she saw the killer knew very well what he was doing speculating that all these murders were done by one person she sounded fearful while giving the interview with all the murders happening around and prostitutes being targeted she confessed that she feared for her own life and was actively seeking for new opportunities to distance herself from the profession the police quickly dismissed the conspiracy surrounding the carving on the victim's body asserting that it was just a baseless rumor circulated by the locals furthermore they also mentioned that clementine's death could be due to natural causes rather than any external force being used after interviewing multiple witnesses the police released a statement regarding the suspect's appearance according to the witnesses the suspect was a slim guy who could be in his early 30s and was seen multiple times near the crime scene before or after the murder had taken place yet this evidence proved insignificant in identifying or even narrowing down the pool of potential suspects the statement did not include any other distinctive features like his hair color or style any tattoos anything at all according to the new times of rwanda several eyewitnesses have reported citing a slim light-skinned man in his early 30s near areas notorious for sex work in kigali this description fits the alleged suspect who has been linked to the series of murders in the city on september 2012 two individuals were arrested on suspicion of being involved in the killings but were later released without any charges being filed against them and this wasn't the end of the investigation the police continued searching for suspects with numerous witness records and later arrested eight more people who might have been involved in the killings of various prostitutes across the city the police even released a statement saying that out of eight people arrested one had confessed to killing the victims and they were confident that they finally had the serial killer in their hands the police also indicated that trials could begin in 2030 which will lead to the closure of this ruthless crime and with this by the end of 2012 the country had 12 victims under the killer's belt they also had a ray of hope that this number would not exceed 
but they were wrong. From February 2013, police stopped giving any updates related to the case, nor there was a trial which took place. The public assumed that the police had quietly released the eight suspects without any further action being taken against them after the police issued their last statement. In 2013, there were two more murders, speculating that they were committed by the same serial killer with the most recent death occurring in 2014. On 28th March, a woman was found murdered in her apartment as the killer strangled her to death with a tie. According to various newspapers, her 8-year-old son was also present in the same room when the murder took place, but was completely unharmed. From 2012 to 2013, in a year, the killer claimed the lives of 15 people. But then again, we are talking about the victims which were recorded by the police. It's been speculated that the killer might have killed more people, but their deaths were not recorded. According to the post that I found on Reddit, the user claimed that newspapers outside and in Rwanda had lost their interest in the case with time. So less information was being printed for the public to know. That could also be the reason why I couldn't find any new developments in the case. Before March 2013, the Rwanda Times reporter got in touch with the police to find out more about the victims. According to Superintendent Emmanuel Nugondo, the post-mortem results show that some of the victims died due to natural causes, while others of murder. And with a shocking twist, he mentioned that the police have ruled out the possibility of a serial killer at this point. They believe that the murder could be a result of various copycat killers roaming in the city, rather than a single person committing all the murders. With this revelation, the public and media were not sure whether they were looking for only one perpetrator. In one of the cases, the police mentioned that the victim was killed by one of her clients. Her killer confessed to police, stating that he had killed her to get revenge since she injected him with HIV. At the time of her death, the killer and the victim were found HIV positive. In another case, a prostitute had given birth to a child who would repeatedly ask its father about its mother's profession. Since it was difficult to make the child understand, he killed the mother and decided to negate the problem once and for all. And this brings us to the theories. So far, we know there was a light-skinned man in his early 30s who was found near the crime scene. before or after the crime had taken place the police had concluded that one person is not responsible for the lives of 15 victims and they had their reasons why a lot of these deaths were revenge driven as we heard in the last two cases some of the deaths might be to take revenge as the prostitutes might have infected them with hiv or aids These deaths occurred in the slum areas of the city hence the possibility of these deaths being money driven a minor it was also mentioned by one of the witnesses that the killer looked very well trained there were no signs of defensive wounds on the victim's body nor they ever screamed for help 
that could also mean that the victims knew who the killer was. A lot of people might have used the original killer's way of killing to throw the police on the wrong track and get themselves out of the way. The police believed that this style of murder had become a trend if anything else. The media stopped covering this case after a while. There are no latest reports or a statement given by the police which could bring light to the question that we have in our minds. Who was or is the Kigali Reaper? Rwanda is a developing country as I mentioned. According to the post, a country like Rwanda does not have a lot of resources to handle such an intense case. The South African police are more capable of handling such cases since they have a proper procedure. Lack of resources, no advancement for collecting evidence, and not being able to conduct a proper investigation are the major reasons why the main culprit might have escaped police's hands. A lot of countries in Africa are infamous for bribery and corruption, and it's possible that such cases can be neglected when these factors come into the picture. It is also important to note that very few articles published in the Western media have covered this case. Most of the articles are written in their native language, which reduces their spread and their coverage to a larger group of people. No matter the context, a country like Rwanda might still have a killer like this loose in their alleyways. He might be searching for his next victim or he might already be gone. No one knows the outcome for sure and no one knows the identity of the killer. But bringing justice to the lives of 15 people might never see the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you for listening to this episode of Shades of Macabre. If you want to join us as we try to look for the most horrifying murder case ever, subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. You can tap the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss any new episodes of the podcast. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at Shades of Macabre if you want to look at the images related to the cases. Shades of Macabre will be back next week. Till then, take care and be safe.